It's a, a great day in the house of the Lord. We're going to receive our tithes and offerings and jump into God's word in just a moment. But before we do that, um, this week, this past week at Christian Life has been a very special week. Uh, it was the fall a giveaway for the kids' pantry. And if you would have been here the last couple days, uh, it, it was just everywhere, people and things that they needed. And it's an a beautiful outreach that our church does, and uh, we wanted to share that uh, with you today. But instead of me just, you know, running off a bunch of numbers and figures, uh, I've invited uh, Jody, and uh, she's going to come on up. And Jody helps lead uh, the kids' pantry here at the church. If you don't know what the kids' pantry is, she'll tell you a little bit about it. But I want to tell you, our community was really impacted these last couple of days, and uh, I want to tell you, they did such a good job and worked so hard. And I want uh, Jody just to tell you a little bit about it so that we can rejoice with them. Thank you. All right. Well, I'm up here again. This is the only time I ever cup up in front is for giveaway season. Um, but number one, that means that we survived the week. And number two, that means that God is good and on the throne. Um, we Just a couple statistics. We helped over 1,500 kids in two days get everything they need from winter outerwear to clothes to shoes to toys, um, books, games, anything that we can enhance their life with, uh, we were able to bless that many kids with. But it took over 1,000 volunteer hours uh, to get this thing underway. We, we started last Sunday, and we have to finish Tuesday. So... Um, I just want to say thank you to our CLC family, and that's just across the board. Um, I wrote down different ways that people, people helped. They just dropped in. They didn't need to sign up. We just came in and said, what can I do? Um, so appreciate that. They made food for us. They brought in for breakfast. Lots of cases of water were donated. The sweet words and prayers were so encouraging to us. When you, when you feel down and your brain is just so tired of functioning, just to have someone come in and say, I appreciate what you're doing. You know, I've been praying for you. God's going God's gonna to make this happen. That's, that's all you need sometimes. So I'm so thankful for that. Um, we had people picking up meal donations. Um, and I just want to say thank you to the staff. Um, it, was, it was a long, rough week. And, you know, CLC staff is so supportive of what we do. And um, there to help in any way they can. So I just want to say thank you to them. Um, so the takeaway of what we've done is um, we've decided, we, we, we went out to dinner, we're like, let's figure out what this week meant. What did this week mean to us? And we shared stories, we shared praise reports, all these things. What it came down to is we were able to help people and parents that can't do it on their own. And I have seen more um, grandparents raising their grandbabies. So many teen moms. I had a 14-year-old pregnant mom with her little tiny boyfriend come in, and they had nothing. Their parents had kicked them out, and, you know, we were able to show them God's love. And I've had a lot of um, intellectually disabled parents um, that can't hold down jobs and... It's just, you don't know how, what a blessing it is to us to be able to bless them. And um, that's, that's the kind of stuff we did. And we helped so many foster families uh, with siblings, and they needed pretty much everything. Just, you know, get a call in the middle of the night, they are getting four siblings. You know, this is the stuff that we did this week. So I can't come up with one really good story just 
the overall impact far outweighed those. Um, I do have one story. I just said I didn't, but I do. Um, I have one story. We had this mom and her 10-year-old daughter volunteer. Um, and they signed up. We normally don't have children help us because sometimes they're a little more work than they are help. But um, she came in and she was the hardest worker out of everybody. And so we're like, thank you for coming in. You know, it was so sweet. Well, we have early volunteer shopping hours. Well, she came in with her school ID, um, her picture ID, and she slapped it down on the table and she said, I volunteered my hours and I would like two bags, please. <laughs> so okay, you know, that's great. You know, who are you getting stuff for? And she's like, I'm getting it from my friend who doesn't have her winter clothes. And she, I'm going to cry. She volunteered her hours to bless her friend. And that's what it's all about. It's just sharing the love. It's, it's knowing that this place of worship is where God's love is. And when people drive down Rand Road or they go to Aldi's, they know that's the place that showed me love. So if they're looking for God, this is a place to find it. Um, really quick, practically speaking, all of it's left in the gym. That's all that's left for our week-long work. Uh, I have bags strategically placed throughout. There's books, there's clothes, there's baby equipment. Please help yourself. If you know someone in need, uh, fill a bag for them. Uh, we want to we wanna bless with whatever's left over. So please, after church, go into the gym and help yourself to what's left. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for uh, telling that sad story at the end. Now we're all emotional. And uh, Jody's my sister, so we, we both cry very easily. It's probably because of the abuse we had growing up, but um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. I love, I love Jody's uh, tender heart. And, and I also love that this church family, um, you look around today and see, you know, a couple hundred people or whatever, but you impacted 1,500 kids this weekend. You, you clothed, you, you got supplies, you toys and games and books. You guys helped that happen here at the church. And so um, I know it's um, Pastor's Appreciation Month, but I want to say how much I appreciate you, each and every one of you, and, and, and all that you do and all that you give, and, and to see Jody and her entire team living out their calling. Man, I love that. When we all live out our calling, the world's going to be a different place. The world's going to be changed. And so I encourage you, whatever God's put on your heart to do, no excuses, just do it. What they started, and now does 1,500 kids, started in a closet here at the church, and it grew. Don't despise the day of small beginnings because it's all small beginnings. But God's going to do a big thing through it. So thank you to Jody, to her entire team. I don't know if any of the other gals are here. Yeah, they're probably completely wiped out after <laughs> I made Jody come because she's my sister. But, um, but I'm glad she's here, and uh, you can get more updates and definitely pick up more stuff. But uh, Pastor Dan, would you come and let us know what's going on at the church and receive our offering? Good morning such a tough act to follow, and uh, since I'm just doing announcements, I don't know, I can't, if Jody's going to cry, I can't, I can't just do announcements without crying, so we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Um, <laughs> uh, it's good to see you this morning, welcome, uh, and I'm, I appreciate Candace continuing the, the soft music, I was expecting the Jaws theme to come up when I came up, but uh, it's all good. 
Um, if you're here for the first time, welcome, welcome to CLC. I'm Dan Cipriano, the youth pastor here. Um, if you don't have a bulletin, will you lift your hand up? Our ushers will get you a bulletin if you haven't received it already. Um, inside your bulletin, there's a communication card. If you're here for the very first time, or maybe it's been a while since you've been here at Christian Life, will you fill this communication card out? Um, you could either put it in the offering plate or hand it to me after service. I'll be out in the lobby. I'd love to meet you. Um, also, for those, uh, many of you um, should have received an email from me this week. Um, if you haven't, check your email. And if you ha still haven't, please come see me after service. I just want to gather some information. It is not a spam email, and I do not work for Equifax. So um, if um, I'm not, I didn't ask for your Social Security card or your credit card number, although if you want to give me that to me, it's almost Christmas shopping season, so that's fine. Um, but I really appreciate those who have already responded quickly. Thank you so much. This is valuable information that we're just trying to confirm in our data system and trying to connect people in our church. So thank you so much. I don't want to rush this time, even though we want to get to the word, but I do want to share a few more announcements. Inside your bulletin is the, the calendar for the month. Please look that over. Um, it is Pastor's Appreciation Month, so if you want to uh, share a note or something, there is a basket in the lobby on the table. Uh, share a note or, or whatever you may, uh, may do to show appreciation. The greatest appreciation, I'm just going to echo Pastor Darrell, the greatest appreciation for us pastors is to see the church grow and uh, draw, draw closer to God and be fruitful. And when we see that, that's the greatest appreciation. But we just so appreciate you. And if you have any extra special compassion for the youth pastor, that's appreciated too. So um, also Sage's meeting tomorrow, tomorrow morning. So if you're part of Sage's information is in there. There's no basketball this week. Um, on, we have open gym on Monday night. There's no basketball. Also Steve Sampson is coming next weekend. Um, it says in your bulletin he's supposed to be here right now. Um, that is a typo. Apologize for that. But he is going to be here next week. Uh, let's see. Uh, tomorrow night, there's a Bears game. Um, I hear uh, that there's a new quarterback that's going to be playing, so there's, there's a lot of hope for that. Um, I'm not going to say any more than that. But it is at Kelly Spencer's house, and Kelly's here. Um, just come and come hungry and uh, come happy, right? Right, Kelly? I don't know. I don't know what the rules are. Just, just come um, to watch the game, bags and, and beans and whatever else is going to be involved in. Also for men, there's a getaway weekend coming up. Information in your bulletin. Check that out. And then there is a chili dog and chili cook-off weekend coming up later in the month. So a lot going on. I'm not trying to question your intelligence. I know you could read all about it, but I wanted to at least verbalize to you the importance of of knowing what's going on here at CLC as we continue to connect with one another and reach the community. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward as we um, give, and we just, again, thank you for your continued generosity and faithfulness. Um, if you're online, thank you for joining us this morning. You could also give online. But let's pray and get ready for God's word. Father, we thank you so much for who you are, um, for always providing for us. God, we pray for this offering. God, I pray that you bless it and multiply it and continue to build your church with it and reach your community. God, for those who can't give this morning, God, you know where they are. And God, I just pray that you bless them as well. God, just show them, reveal yourself to them that you are our provider and that you're going to provide all, all their needs according to your riches and glory. And God, we just lift you up today. We glorify you. And just we look forward to what you're going to continue to speak to us through this morning through your word, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Amen, huh? I am grateful that God flipped the script in my life. And I know that you're grateful that he flipped the script in yours. I'm going to ask you to get your Bibles out, and we're going to look at a lot of verses in a very short amount of time. As I look at the clock, my anxiety is rising. So I'm going to talk fast, and, and I'm just going to have you get your Bibles out. And on the back of your bulletin, if everybody could take their bulletin, on the back of the bulletin, it's blank for you to take notes. I'm going to ask you to write a lot of these scriptures down and the points today, because we're going to move rather quickly. But if you have your Bibles, you can just turn to them as we go along. And just let me say today, if you're here um, because of the kids' pantry, um, if you're watching because of the kids' pantry or listening at this time, uh, let me just say welcome. I'm glad that you're here. And we're going to talk about Jesus today. We're talking about the Christian life. It's what we've been doing since the end of summer, just talking about what it means to follow Jesus. What are the essentials of the Christian life? And kind of get a running start to today. We've been talking about our thought life and, and how our thoughts need to be obedient to Christ. And there's a battle going on in our brain all the time to have the right, good, pure, lovely things uh, that we need to be thinking about. But there's a spiritual battle that we're in the middle of. And I talked about that last week. And you can listen online to any, time, any of the messages that we do. It's free. It's there for you. But if you're going through a spiritual battle right now, I just encourage you to tune in to uh, last week's message. And today, I really want you to begin to embrace the thought for today. And I want to talk to you. I want to begin for the next few weeks talking to you about your identity in Christ. I want to talk to you about your identity in Christ. You are not what you have. Your possessions do not define you. You are not what you do. Your occupation or what you do in life, it, it doesn't define you. You are not what other people say about you. You are what God says about you. That is your truest identity. And nothing else should be defining us. And the reason is, is because our identity is actually the foundation of our life. You build your life based on your identity. And so I want to encourage you to look at your life today as God sees you. I was lucky 23 years ago that Leslie said she would marry me. I couldn't buy her love. I couldn't make her love me. It was just that she chose to take these vows that are ridiculous, right? No matter how good it gets, no matter how bad it gets, till death do us part. I thought she was crazy for making them, but she did. Until that point, I was Daryl the single guy. <laughs> I could do whatever I want, right? I could spend my money any way I want. I could go anywhere I want. I could do anything. I could ask other girls out. They usually said, no, but I could ask him out. I mean, I could, I was Daryl, the single guy. But I had a decision to make. Would I stop being Daryl, the single guy, and become Daryl, the husband? And in order for Daryl, the husband, to show up on the scene, I got to get rid of Daryl, the single guy. He's got to die. Because... I couldn't do just what I wanted to do anymore because I was now going to be Daryl the husband. 
Now, sometimes in relationships, and I could have made this choice that, well, we'll get married and make those vows, but I'll keep living like Daryl the single guy. But I would have missed out on the treasure of the relationship, the treasure of my new identity being Daryl the husband. Because Daryl the husband has brought my life joy and purpose and blessing that are undescribable. I don't want to live in my old identity. I want to embrace my new identity. Paul talks about that when it comes to Jesus in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7. But whatever were gains to me, I now count or consider lost for the sake of Christ. He said, whatever I was before, whatever I had, a few verses earlier, he says, it's garbage. It's all garbage. My old identity, it's all garbage. I count it as lost. And you go a few verses after this verse, and he'll say, all I want to know is Jesus. He's all that I want to know. And so I want to say today as we begin, do not live in your old identity. You don't belong there anymore. That's not the foundation of your life. What we're about to talk about is the foundation of your life. So put your old self aside. Kill your old self. You have a new, true identity to embrace. And so I want to give you six things today. Bless you. Six things today. And uh, you can write these down. I'll give you some verses to go along with them. But these are your identity Christ, And these are really declarations that you can make. And so the first declaration is this. I am in Christ. I am in Christ. This is the very beginning. This is the the point that we, we say, I am a new person. When I'm in Christ, I'm fresh. And I'm not just a, a better version of the old self. I have been transformed. I have a brand new identity in Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. This is the core of our relationship with God, that we are identified as being alive in Christ. And you can declare that, I am alive in Christ. And John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. The branches are totally dependent on the vine for their life and for their health. And and that vine and that branch, when you look at a tree, you don't look at the, the trunk and the branch. It's all one. It's just one tree. And there's no greater blessing than this. And when I begin to think about what it means to be in Christ, that, that when I follow Jesus, I'm in him. I mean, that, it's kind of like the vows that Leslie made to me. This is crazy what we're talking about here. Because God counts everything Jesus did for you. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. You are hidden in Christ. He took your sins on the cross He paid the penalty for your sin. And so you are now in Christ. You have everything that Christ has. He was your representative. And now when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. I mean, when you think about it, Christ's death is counted as our death. His burial is counted as our burial. His resurrection is counted as our resurrection. And his ascension to the right hand of the throne is ours. See, we have this in Christ and in Christ alone. Romans chapter 6 teaches us that we have been united in Christ. You are in Christ. He is your deepest identity. 
you want to know who you are, just begin to read the Gospels. Begin to read about Jesus. All that he is, is yours. This should blow your mind. That God looks at us and sees Jesus. And you can truly know him by abiding with him in relationship where he is the vine and we are the branches. And if you haven't made that decision today, at the end of service, we'll give you that opportunity to be in Christ. But that's the first one. The second declaration is, I am justified. I am justified. I love this one because it comes from Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite verses from my favorite chapter. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, we have all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all broken God's law. We're all guilty. We deserve punishment. But when you are in Christ, you are changed. You are different. You can be confident that there is no punishment for your sin. You've been forgiven. That word justified is, is a theological term, and, and there's a way to kind of play with that word so that you can understand what it means. So you have justified, and, and just think of it this way, just as if I'd never sinned. Justified, just as if I'd never sinned. It's actually a Greek legal term, and, and it's not that God says, well, you're not guilty, because we've already stated we've fallen short, right? You and I are guilty. We're, there's no getting around that. So it's not saying you're not guilty, it's saying there's there's no penalty for you. There's no penalty for you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That penalty has been paid. When Jesus took your sin on the cross, he paid for it, and he paid for it in full. And in Christ, I made right with God. There is no sin left to pay for. There is not one ounce of guilt remaining. There is nothing that you can do to be accepted and loved by God. He just does it because you are in Christ. You are forgiven. You are accepted. You are loved without condition. You can say, I am justified. And when the devil comes to remind you of all the garbage, you can say, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. When the devil comes and accuses you, you can say, yep, you're right. But there is no condemnation for those of us who are in Christ are justified. The next one is, I am adopted. I am adopted. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You are part of God's family. When you're in Christ, yeah, you have an earthly family, sure, but you're actually born now into God's family. And that's why we use the term around here, brothers and sisters. We are Brothers and sisters, because we're in Christ. And, and Jesus is the, the firstborn, right? He's the firstborn, and, and, and we are brothers and sisters together. And this means that God adopted you into his family. He talks about this in the book of Romans. He's adopted you into his family. And what that means, listen to me, this is so important. It means that God is your father. God's your dad. Now, I don't know what kind of earthly father you had, but I want to tell you, our Heavenly Father, He is a good, good Father. He cares for you, and He loves you. Again, I don't know about your earthly dad, but your Heavenly Father desires to be active in your life. He adopted you. He called you. He rescued you. He wanted you. 
If you're adopted here today, you probably feel pretty good about yourself because somebody actually wanted you. We don't get to pick our kids, but man, if we're going to adopt somebody, that means we, we wanted them. God wants you today. In the Roman times, it was horrible. Unwanted children were just left outside the city. They didn't have abortions like we do today. They had infanticide where they would just take the children that were unwanted from the family. And most Roman families at that time period were about three or four people large. And, and so extra kids they didn't want, they would literally just bring outside the town and abandon these children. The Christians couldn't let that happen, so they would go out and they would, they would rescue these children and raise them as their own. In fact, Christian families in the Roman times were very large families. In fact, that's how many of them got caught being a Christian. When it became illegal to be a Christian, they would have ten kids when other people would have one or two because they were rescuing the children that were abandoned. So when Paul talks about adoption in the book of Romans, they totally get it. Now, we understand adoption. We have adoption today. But that idea that I'm going out and I'm rescuing and I'm going to bring them and I'm going to raise them as my own children, I mean, they got the picture, didn't they? That God went out and when they were lost and dying and and just left alone, God scooped them up and said, you're a part of my family. You belong to me. And I'm a good father. And so we see that in this picture. I, I have a friend who's going through the adoption process. I didn't check to find out if this was true or not. But when he said it, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That, that when you adopt a child, that is your child for life. And what I mean by that is that, that you can never disown an adopted child. We can disown our own kids if we want to. I mean, if, if I want to write Matthew out of my will, I can just write him out of my will because... You know, whatever, I can write them out. But if I adopt a child, legally you cannot remove that child from your will. See, that tells me that this is a powerful thing. God says, no, you belong to me forever. I've got you. I've got a good hold on you. So when we say that I'm adopted, I belong to God's family. He's a good father. He chose me. He rescued me. He flipped that script that we saw earlier. The next one is, and this fits along with being adopted, I'm secure. I'm secure. Again, from my favorite chapter in the Bible, Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me today, tell you today, you are secure. You're secure. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. You do not need to agonize about your future. You don't need to fret, well, someday God may give up on me. He may walk away from me. You don't have to worry about this life. You don't have to worry about eternity because you will never be judged guilty. God's love and his grace and his mercy is so big, God will never abandon you. The Holy Spirit will never abandon you. The Father will never grow tired of you. He will never grow weary of you. You don't have to fear the enemy or what the enemy says. You you don't have to be afraid because the enemy's already been defeated. Your victory is secure. You partake in Christ's triumph. When he said, it is finished, he said it for you. He said, I've done it all for you. And I love the picture that we see so often in the Old Testament of God holding his children in the palm of his hand, and he says, Nothing can snatch them away. 
You are secure in the Lord today. No matter what the devil is whispering in your ear, you are secure. You have a Father who will never grow weary of you, never grow tired of you. He's always got you because His grace and His love is so big. The next thing we need to declare is we need to declare, I am free. I am free. Romans chapter 6, beginning of verse 5 says, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, so that you will no longer be slaves to sin. What we have to realize is that you and I were enslaved to sin. Before Jesus came along, we had no other choice. We were in bondage. And maybe you were in bondage by your fear. Maybe you were in bondage by your thought life. Maybe you were in bondage by a behavior or an addiction that you just couldn't break, and and there's that enslavement. But I want to declare today to you that you can say out loud in your own voice, I am free. Say it with me today. I am free. We have to get a hold of this, that, that Jesus conquered the power of sin. He's conquered the power of sin. He's conquered the enemy in your life. 1 John 4, 4 says, He who is in you is greater than he who's in the world. You have been set free by God. Now, hey, do these things come along? Does that fear come along? That thought come along? That behavior come along? It may come along, but you don't belong to it. You are dead to that. You are alive in Christ. You have been changed. And let me just tell you this, and and this might be freedom for somebody. You're free to stop sinning. You don't have to do it. You're free to stop. You are free, and we need to declare that I am free. I have been set free. My new identity has been set free. Amen? That's good. Some of you may say, well, I don't know about all these, and so that brings us to the last one, and here it is. I am unfinished. I am unfinished. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. You're not done yet. God's still at work inside of you. Now, the work of Christ is finished. What Jesus has done, that's finished. You're not finished yet. You're growing into your new identity. All those things are yours. Everything we've talked about is true and yours, but you're growing in that identity. That's what God's doing in your life. He is at work in your life. And so when we know, hey, God's doing this, and sometimes we're like, I don't want to go through this, I don't want to go through that. Hey, it's all part of the process. Enjoy the process because God's got you. He's not going to let you go. He's going to continue this good work until it's done. He's at work inside of you. We call this sanctification. It's a theological term that means to make holy. And, and so there's two parts of sanctification. There's a positional sanctification. The, the position that we have is that we are sanctified, that God calls us holy. And when God calls something holy, it's holy. If he calls a piece of land holy, that becomes holy. If he calls an instrument in his temple holy, it becomes holy. It's nothing special in itself. It's just that God said it's holy, so it belongs to him, and it's it's holy. And God says, you belong to me. You are holy. So positionally, you're holy. But there's also what we call progressive sanctification, that God is at work inside of you, that he's doing some things that we've talked about today as we sang, when I surrender, Lord, have your way in me that we're the clay on the potter's wheel and he's working us and he's doing something beautiful and he will complete it. And that word complete in the Greek actually means perfect or whole. 
It's, it's, it's that, that God is at work inside of you, and he will bring it to completion. You have a new identity, and we're going to be growing in that new identity, but you're unfinished. That's why we need church. That's why we gather together. That's why we listen to sermons preach, because we need this. We're still growing. We're still being equipped in our new identity, and we're growing up, and we're becoming like Jesus. That's what he's doing in our life. So let me illustrate this for you. This summer, we spent uh, most of my sabbatical in Iowa. So for weeks and weeks and weeks, we were there, and, and during that time, Matthew bought his first car, and uh, it, was a, it was really a, a, a God thing. Uh, it is probably one of the most beautiful cars I've ever seen in my life. It is not a car any 17-year-old should ever have. This is, this is a midlife crisis kind of car, okay? This is, I can't even tell you, uh, well, I shouldn't tell you, but zero to 60, really fast. Jet black, red leather interior, all the bells and whistles, the tires, rims, I mean, everything, just gorgeous, and, and no 17-year-old should ever have this car. <laughs> However, through weeks of God working in a very strange story that I might tell someday, Matthew got this car for, like, next to nothing, and, and, and it's his car. Now, Matthew's 17 years old, but he plays sports in every season, so uh, he had start driver's ed, and we, you know how you get all those hours before you can actually get your license and things like that, so, so he's still getting those hours. You know, he wants to drive and get those hours so that he can get that license, and, and the car can be here, but, but dad doesn't want to pay for insurance uh, on the car sitting in my driveway, so it's at a garage in Iowa. It's, it's sitting there. Now, that car is Matthew's car. It has his name on it. His name's on the title. No one can take that away from him. That is his car. Is he driving it yet? Not just yet. Now, he has driven it because I've been in the car with him. If I'm in the car with him, he can drive. But, but it's his, but not yet. But no one could take it away from him. I mean, that's, that's his car. And, and pretty soon, you're going to see this, this car racing through our parking lot. And um, it's going to be awesome. But, but here it is. We're just unfinished. It's all ours. Our name is Nothing is going to take your name out of the book of life. There's nothing that is going to separate you from the love of God. There, there, all these things are true, but God's still at work in you. Enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. You're not going to be left right where you're at right now. He's doing something. And when you see him face to face, it'll, it'll, it won't matter anymore. I know we have to go, but I just love when I see people in the Bible find their new identity. When you look at the Gospels and, um, uh, you know, somebody's listening to Jesus preach and teach and that God loves even the sinner and, and, and all of a sudden they get a hold of it and they realize their new identity. And then you have something like a prostitute breaking into a, a dinner at a Pharisee's house and coming and falling at the feet of Jesus, anointing his feet with perfume, wiping it with her hair as she's crying. And, and she's doing that because she realized her new identity. She realized what Jesus was teaching was true, and it was for her. Jesus tells parables, when you find this treasure, when you find this, sell everything that you have and do it with joy and embrace the new life because that's what's truly valuable. Sell it all and embrace 
what you have in Christ. Don't live in your old identity. Daryl the single guy had to die to become Daryl the husband. And it was the best decision I ever made. Leave your old life behind. You don't belong to it. Declare these things, and we'll give you more things as time goes on. But let me tell you, when, when you go into your new identity, it's worth it all. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, it is worth it all. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? And we're going to close by just singing one more song of worship. But I want to pray for you today. And I don't feel bad that we had to cut it a little bit short right here because we're, we're just going to pick this up in the weeks to come and just continually talk about our identity. But, but these were the core ones today. This is where we begin. And you begin in Christ. And so I'm going to just lead you in a prayer. Uh, we're going to sing a song, You Invite Me In, in just a moment because God invites all of us in. But I want to give this prayer because if you're not in Christ and you're like, man, I want what I heard today, this is a prayer that you pray and, and, and it's kind of a, the relationship thing where we invite Jesus into our life and we are then in Christ. We're with Jesus. And so it's this, this relationship thing and this prayer, it's just a prayer of forgiveness for our sins and God wipes them away. And so I'm going to have you pray that prayer. If you've never prayed it before or you want to come back to the Lord, I want you to pray this today. For those of us that walk with the Lord, and as I look around the room, I know so many of us that have walked with the Lord so long, would you pray this with me as well, just as, a, as another declaration? Yeah, this is who I am. This is who I am in Christ. And I'm right with the Lord. I'm, I'm right with Christ, and I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing, that, that he'll never let me go, that his work is unfinished, that he's still working. It's all mine, but I'm not yet done. So if you want to be in Christ today, I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Repeat these words, Dear Lord Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I now invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, today, we are so grateful and our mind is blown that we can be in you and that everything that you've done is counted towards us. And then when the Father looks at us, he sees you. And, and Lord, we are grateful for that. Lord, I pray that we would embrace our new identity and that we would kill our old self because it's already dead anyway. That we wouldn't try to keep propping up a, a, a lifeless identity, but Lord, that our identity would be in you and we'd be building on solid ground. And Lord, for those that are tormented by the enemy, telling them that they are not in Christ, may, may the words of the enemy fall as we declare with our mouths that we are in Christ, that we are justified, that we are free, that we are secure, that we are adopted, maybe unfinished, but Lord, you promised to complete the work. So Lord, we're grateful today. And Lord, we sing our closing song of worship to you. Would you stand as we sing together?